Welcome to Unreddited with Countless Screaming Argonauts, the podcast that looks at some of the unique and interesting stories from this week on Reddit. I am TFAP, the Fabulous Penguin. And I'm Fabulous Max. And I'm just Joshua. We're being joined by our podcast contributor, Joshua. Uh, gentlemen, a very, very interesting week in Reddit, as always. There's lots and lots of stuff around. I'd like to start out one of those stories that generated it, it generated 5,000 comments. I think that's, that's an indication that there's a lot of stuff there. And it's about delivery guys sharing their weirdest stories. Ah, yes. The OP calls himself Fallen Knight GX. And he clarifies it by saying pizza, UPS, furniture, geek squad, geek squad etc. But a tremendous amount of them are pizza delivery stories, which I don't know whether that's a commentary on who reads Reddit or is it involved in Reddit or is that a commentary on? It's the volume of, of, of deliveries that are made by pizza guys. And the reason I bring this up is because, Max, you were – a pizza delivery guy. I was a pizza delivery guy, and I have a story. You have, I, but I think maybe one of the highlight stories of your life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I love to tell a story. I took a pizza up to Crestmont Ave in Leroy Street in Binghamton, where I was working. And it, it, at the time, and still today, I think, was one of the best neighborhoods, one of the better neighborhoods for sure. In Binghamton, that's where the, the doctors and lawyers and architects tended to live. And it was, you know, quarter of an acre lawn and beautiful house. And, and I go there with a pizza, and I'm standing in the doorway, and the mother says, wait while I get some change. So I'm holding the pizza up, and this little boy walks up to me, and he's about three years old. And he says, I can hurt you. And he goes, kapow! And he punches me right in the nuts. <laughs> Did he really? <laughs> he really did. And he was right. He he did hurt me. But <laughs> did, you, did you drop the food? <laughs> I did not drop the food. It, it must have been a bit of a glancing blow. He buckled my knees, but I managed to keep the pizza horizontal. And the mother comes in at that point and just catches the end of the scene. And she says the line of my life, I think. She says, I don't know why he does that. <laughs> ah, that's grand. He's not the first. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the first. And I felt like saying, well, if you know he's going to do that, bring your little monster with you when you're going to get the money. That's that's my big pizza story. The kid punched me in the nuts and the mother knowing that it was going to happen and letting it happen. That is pretty weird, don't you yeah. think? Yeah, well, yeah. I was, I, at first I was, you know, shocked and in pain. And then I was just pissed off. I don't remember the answer to this, but did the woman give you a decent tip? She did. I think she gave me a dollar, which in those days was the classic good tip. All right, so punching the nuts gets you a dollar. <laughs> I think it was a three ninety six pizza, and you know she gave me a five. Interesting. Um, my favorite, my favorite comment of all the comments that I read was was by a guy who was delivering pizza in North Dakota, and he, he delivered to a a trailer park. And when the guy called up, he said, just come in. The money's on the kitchen table. And so he gets there with the pizzas, and the bill is 26 bucks, and there's only $20 on the table. And so he calls the guy up, and he says, I can't leave the pizzas because it's 26 bucks, and you only had 20 And the guy says, well, you didn't see the other note. And on the microwave is a note that says, pawn me. Uh. 
The guy is supposed to take the oven. He's supposed to take the microwave oven and go next door to the pawn shop and <laughs> trade it in for 20 bucks, and you get to keep it. Wow. So the guy says he wasn't really sure about that, but he goes over there, and sure enough, the pawn shop guy says, I'll give him 20 bucks for it. And he asked him, is this a regular happening? And he said that, yeah, that I usually do this about three or four times a month for this wow. guy. Yeah, that's... Microwave in order to get the money to pay for the uh, for the bill and the tip. So I think that's a that's a that's a classic. That's a classic. I did have a woman uh, who wanted to fight me one time. <laughs> not not my favorite story, but it was weird. I delivered a pizza to her and forgot to bring her sodas. We used to carry fountain sodas in uh, a little metal rack, and I went back to get the sodas because she wanted them and. You know, climbed up to the second floor and and dropped off the sodas. And uh, she said, the pizza was no good. I want my money back. And and she showed yeah, me. But, it, but she, if she says it's no good, then she had to eat it. Eh? She ate it, yeah. There was one slice left. I said, lady, I can't get your money back. You ate the pizza. So she says, come on, I'll fight you. And I was like, what? And so I put the sodas down and, you know, walked off toward the stairs it was on a porch uh, kind of a kind of a covered porch in an apartment building and she hit me with a pizza crust as i was walking away <laughs> and then she called the boss she called the shop and, and that that really was pretty close to exactly the conversation we had and, and uh, i told my boss what happened and she called up and she said the pizza delivery guy was rude to me and she he gave me the phone and and she said, I said, well, that's not the way I heard it. And she said, well, I was there. And I said, well, so was I. And I hung up on her. <laughs> if you bring violence out in people, they'll punch you or they want to punch you or they want to be punched or something. Is it you? Uh, they throw crusts at you. Man, I, oh, man. I, I didn't do anything to her except bring her sodas late. See, you know, he doesn't mention that when he gets to the people's house, he's got his WWE belt, you know, around the oven thing, you know, it's like ready to go, you know. Hey, listen, uh, Joshua, I understand that you were a, a bike messenger guy, so you must have some pretty interesting stories. You can make a lot of money on a bike, you know, if you get fast and you learn your way around, you know, you can, you can make a lot of money. It's a kind of a cash thing, you know, on Friday Everybody gets their uh, their checking heads on down the bank, right on the right on the on the same street as the office, and everybody gets paid and goes to the bank, and you get your cash. Now, here's a bunch of 18, 20, 22 year old guys just loaded with cash now, and it's Friday uh-huh. in Manhattan. So, um, <laughs> well, the delis don't care, so they're they're selling beer, right? That's right. the first thing, and I think. Uh, I think you catch my drift if it's a if I just say it's a natural progression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then, you know. Sure. Um, I don't know how this. I don't know what your what your histories are, but um, for me, uh, fluorescent lights <laughs> and uh, and chemicals are quite quite a combination. So, uh-huh. uh, so I find myself, uh, you know, a little less than sober. And uh, I gotta go. I gotta go to Lincoln Center. That's a beautiful place. The architecture's beautiful. The fountains and it's just 
It's just ballerinas and tubers, you know. <laughs> and it's just it's fucking beautiful, you know. Ballerinas around and around the tubers. back. Around <laughs> the back, there's this big, big garage, you know, big long row garage with with fluorescent lights in the ceiling, you know, little round ones. And um, I, I I dropped my package, you know, there to the PR office, and I'm done. And I must have rode up and down that garage probably 30 times. <laughs> but you get, get booking really fast, 11 o'clock in the morning. There's no traffic in the garage. Right? And it's just really, really fast. And all these fluorescent lights above your head are going, bam, 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 bam. You could just ride fucking ever, you know. And, and then you had to call in a dispatcher and say, where have you been? Uh, Lincoln Center, you know. Uh, a, I don't know if I'm explaining it quite. Well, so you, but, you, you just know. entertain yourself by uh, in, enjoying the lights in the big city. Well, yeah, yeah, and actually, something like you know, if it wasn't the skyline, it was the it was the Lincoln Center garage. <laughs> so I also would understand. I mean, from from what you've said before, and, and this, you get must. Get a chance to meet a lot of famous people when you're doing that in Manhattan, right? You you run across a lot of celebrities and yeah, I've run into a couple a couple of cool people. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, going up, uh, you know, uh, what's her name, the blonde woman from Thirty uh, Rock, and that's what she's playing in now. Anyway, Jane, what's her name, Krakowski, Krakow, whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah, she's yeah, she's she's lots of fun. Yeah, she's got a place on <laughs> Sutton Place. On Sutton Place, she's got a hell of, hell of an apartment. You gave she's her a delivery, place. did you? She has um, some some fancy cosmetics. She had to uh, she had to have delivered there. So I brought her cosmetics. She gave a twenty dollar bill as a tip. All right. No. It's not bad. My, my 15 minutes of fame or whatever. I also got my hand broken. <laughs> you know, okay, so here's, you have, you got your row of parked cars along the curb, right? Mm-hmm. And then you and then you have a lane of bona fide traffic, cars and all going downtown, booking downtown. And so are you, you're on your bike, you know, so you're in between the parked cars and the moving traffic. And, okay, and so... Here's a cab. There's only 30 million of them in Manhattan, right? And just, you know, I don't look for bike messengers when I'm in a cab, so I guess I can't really blame the bitch. But, you know, she, she is the cab stops. I'm cruising down. She opens up the door of the cab, and it's just right into it and right over. And they call it getting doored. That's <laughs> what it is. You get doored. So I'm... The bike's just fucking crumpled. The wheel looks like a letter W or something, and I'm on the ground. And I look over at the office building, and she's running in. She turns around, looks at me, smiles, gives a big wave, and disappears through your revolving door. She's just gone. I'm thinking, well, what the hell was the wave, you know, supposed to do for me I'm lying on the ground? And the cabbie's pissed off because... He just wants his fucking door closed, you know. That's what I was going to ask. Was it was it the passenger or the driver? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, it was the passenger. I mean, I don't know how she got out because I was lying on the ground there. She was <laughs> you went flying by. Did you go right over the door? Yeah, yeah, directly over the door. Tough professional. <laughs> yeah, it uh, sounds good. Now, did you break your hand when you hit the door or when you hit the ground? Uh, I think it just, like, crumpled it between the... Um, 
your your handlebar in the door. Uh, <laughs> oh. Ouch! And the woman got out and just just waved to you and waved and waved and said goodbye. Everybody, everybody's on a mission in Manhattan, and nobody's got fuck all time to do anything, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, you think about it. So I was thinking about it. You know, she didn't get up and say, "I got to build an extra time for killing a kid," you know, on the park. <laughs> for killing a kid. <laughs> Nobody's got time for that. You know? Was she cute? No, sure. Because we we need to know this. Uh, I, I was. Um, what did I say? Befuddled or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Confused. Gotcha. So, uh, so Max. Yeah. You you mentioned before that you had uh, you were studying the TILs this week. I I looked at a whole bunch of TILs and and have an idea that that there's a few of them that are worth going over. Uh, and there's there, actually there's a question that I want to ask too. But uh, today I learned that a village in China may have been descended from a lost Roman legion. A clash between uh, uh, this is assumed now. They're they're going to send some archaeologists to, to check it out. Took place in 53 BC between an army led by Marcus Crassus, a Roman general, and a large force of Parthians from what is now Iran got deep into this place in China and uh, basically the Chinese surrounded them. The, the Romans just were like, we're a fucking long way from home and um, we feel like giving up. And the Chinese were like, well, you know, why don't you move in with us? <laughs> and they did. And they, they show a picture of this one guy who, I don't know, maybe this is racist. I hope it's not. Uh, Kind of doesn't look, you know, completely Chinese. He's got green eyes and, and as they say in the article, kind of a longish nose. And uh, they they talk about him in the town as if you know he's a he's a guy with Roman blood. Yeah, that's a little racist. There, you're going right on the edge there. Anyway, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but they uh, supposedly they tested his genetics and he's he's got like 53 percent Caucasian. Gene. Wow! Yeah, so that's real possible. I was going to say, it sounds like a sounds like a DNA a CSI episode. Yeah, trying yeah. to figure out. And the story says you got to, you know, find some evidence. So they're they're looking for, you know, artifacts of uh, that a Roman soldier might have carried with them, some Roman cash or uh, some Roman clothing or something. <laughs> Roman candles. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait, the Chinese invented Roman candles. So. <laughs> well, there you go. Maybe that was when they got started. Is the, is the village called Gunpowder? <laughs> and they make gunpowder chicken. Today I learned that women weren't allowed to vote in Switzerland until 1971. Really? How about that? Wow. That's that's an interesting one. I would never have guessed that. Yeah, me neither. Switzerland, of all places. 1971. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, they didn't care. They're pretty neutral about it. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Josh. Um, this this one I thought, it, just, it was so weird, I had to pull it out. Today I learned a little girl named Rosalia Lombardo, two years old, was the last to be buried in the Capuchin Catacombs in 1920. She has been nicknamed Sleeping Beauty. And if you look at this picture on Reddit, this picture is from 1995, and this little girl is beautiful. It's so strange. 
face was completely intact. She looked positively angelic. They, like, sealed the people in glass, or they embalmed them. They didn't always treat them the same way. But uh, the Capuchin monks and the the rich people of the town were able to be buried in this place where they also um, dried the people out. But there's this weird picture of this beautiful little girl who, who was two years old and died in 1920. And as of 1995, at least, uh, is perfectly preserved. You, you know what? If you bring her a pizza, her chances are good she won't pop you in the box. <laughs> <you know? laughs> well, I mean, after all, she's 75 years old now. I do have one more. Uh, it's a little political. There's an organization that is doing a million-dollar lobbying campaign under the pretense of saving the oceans. Uh, it's called the Partnership for Sustainable Oceans, and they're really special interests trying to get laws passed to allow more fishing and uh, pollutative measures to, to be passed uh, in the water. Because we know that that helps to sustain the ocean right. and all the fish out, because <laughs> they're just dirtying up the water anyway, right? Engage in an effort to cast doubt about on the science of balanced ocean protection measures by waging a million-dollar PR campaign to thwart the implementation of California's landmark Marine Life Protection Act. So they call themselves the Partnership for Sustainable Ocean, but they're really against the Marine Life Protection Act. Sounds like a that bunch. That'll be the next thing, you know. I, I like the I like the green people, you know. We got got to work on the planet, but the next that'll be the next thing. We got to get the fish out. There's too much fish shit. <laughs> really, the, the oceans are in big trouble. If you read Bill Bryson's book, we're down to like the the third or fourth best tasting fish. We fish the hell out of all the cod and halibut or whatever. That, you know, that's why you see tilapia everywhere now because there's none of the other kinds of fish left. Irish salmon, boys. So you need Irish salmon. Is that right? Is that good stuff? Now, speaking of that, Joshua, you said that you had an interesting uh, – you read an interesting article about McDonald's, another one of our great American cultural icons. Why don't you talk uh, a little bit about that? So you have, you have, your, you have your, your – what's it called? Your contest, and you get your game pieces from uh, – from uh, Monopoly, mm-hmm. and you have to get your you have to get your boardwalk and your park place or your three red properties, right? And you win prizes. You get your five thousand dollars or up up. It has a million, it has a million prize, right? Right. So, so over the course of five years, they. I, I'm sorry, this is news to me. I know probably not for you guys. Over the course of five years, the the company. Running the game because the, the burger people are not running the, the game. Right, they, they hire, they hire somebody. To right. do, do the contest, right? So here's your boardwalk piece and some McDonald's in Fargo, and here's another, you know, over in New York. You know, you can never. There's no chance you're going to get the million dollar pieces, right? So the company that's running the game for McDonald's. All their guys 
are winning the prizes, <laughs> and they scarfed like twenty million dollars. Wow! Out of the game. Yeah, they each they said, "Well, you take this one, I'll take this," and then they and eventually somebody went to the FBI. Somebody actually worked, I don't know, paying a conscience or something, and uh, went to the FBI and said, uh, "You know, you might want to take a closer look." And then McDonald's turns around and says, "Oh, you know, really sorry." <laughs> a lot of oh. people said, eh, not going to get it done, you know. And they, they gave away tons of money in a month. They, they said, okay, we're just going to we're just gonna we're shower gonna, you. With, we're going to make them all in and have a... So they, they put a lot, lot of boardwalks out there for a while, didn't they? Something, something like that. They gave away a lot of, lot of prize money. $20 million over five years by the guys who were, who were hired to run the game. And they just kind of kept the, the hot pieces. Wow. Right. Somehow they knew yes. which one was. I mean, they, they saved them for themselves, blind. basically. Yeah. Yeah, but it's supposedly they're blind. They don't know, right? It's a sealed envelope. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and you believe that story? Yeah. Well, I was just saying. You know, you probably think one's got a tiny little number on it. You know, it's one of those things. You know, it's like believing that Patrick Ewing was. Uh, was the, the official pick of the New York Knicks in that draft that year, that the NBA had nothing to do with that. <laughs> you think they wanted him to be a Knicks? Huh? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, one of my favorite comments in this whole McDonald's thread was this guy who wrote, uh, the guy's name is Got Pearl. He said, I know one of the guys that was part of this, he went to jail. All yeah. Right? He, still, he still is a douche. <laughs> and my, uh. My favorite comment in the whole thread was this guy Angelite, Angelite who said, "Didn't he get his get out of jail free card?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the story. It's probably too late to do it, but I can throw it out if you if you want to, to cram it. Hey, throw it out. Well, it, it was just what book would you bring to a desert island? I saw I saw that you mentioned that. That's that's a real tough one, don't you think? Oh, you have to brutal. Define, why would you Why would you bring? First of all, why would you bring a book rather than something else? <laughs> if I was going to be stuck on a desert island, I would bring I don't know matches. Damn. Did you see the Damn. John Which Stewart woman? Would you bring to a desert <laughs> island? There you are. <laughs> Did you see the John Stewart quote? He said, "A boat and a book about <laughs> building a boat." A book about how to build a boat, and then another boat. <laughs> so, so if you're going to bring a book for, right. for some whatever reason, you decide you're going to bring a book. Right. What book are you going to bring? Well, for me, the first book I, I always think of whenever I think of whenever I hear you know what book it is Garp. The first book that jumps to my mind is always Garp. How about you? You know, I'm I'm thinking that I'm going to be doing a lot of reading. Yeah. Over. Again, the same story, right? Yeah, yeah. So I would bring something like Ulysses. Yeah. Because it's such a complicated story, you know, it's one of those things where you figure if you read it ten times, you'll get something out of it each time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what that's. That's what, really something. I was going to say, bring some Joyce, because you'll never, never <laughs> get through it. You know. What you right. Yeah. That's that's really good. I hadn't thought of that. Uh, one guy wrote a short history of nearly everything. That was one of the first ones I read, which you and I have read and, and both really like. Absolutely loved, yeah. And uh, and then they started talking about Kurt Vonnegut, and and I, I you know I have some quotes from Bokanon. You remember Bokanon from Cat's Cradle? I, 
I don't. That's interesting. I don't. No. Yeah, it's it's kind of faint in my mind, but uh, Bokanon was like I think the god that the people on the island worshipped, and uh, okay, um, one of the things he said was history. Read it and weep. <laughs> uh, another thing was tiger got to hunt, bird got to fly, man got to sit and wonder why, why, why. Tiger got to sleep, bird got to land, man got to tell himself he understand. That's also Okanon from Cat's Cradle. But the best one, maybe, is uh, Jesus once said, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's. To which Bokanon replied, Pay no attention to Caesar. Caesar doesn't have the slightest idea what's really going on. <laughs> so, um, Joshua, do you want to talk a little bit about that webcomic that you enjoy? Uh, yeah, so we're talking about high literature, you know, so probably want to go right there. <laughs> and, uh, I, I don't know if I don't know if you guys uh, if you guys are into any any web comics. I like a bunch of different ones. XKCD is really good. Uh, no, Cyanide and Happiness. Cyanide and Happiness was the one you told yeah, me about, it's right? a guy. It's a guy from the north, from North Ireland, one of them anyway, you know. And and they're just, uh, you know, web comics, they're not, uh, they're they're never really about the, the art of comics. You know, it's kind of, you know, glorified stick figures, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's uh, it's good social commentary. It's, it's good stuff. It's good fun. XKCD is pretty good, and uh, Cyanide and Happiness. It's a little bit of a little bit of a play in your title, Cyanide and Happiness. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I didn't know if you yeah. guys liked them. I think it. I think the web allows a lot more uh, stuff like that. You know, these guys are not going to get in your in your family newspaper. You know, yeah. there's some fun stuff out there to to see and and to read and. Uh, Something. Yeah, they're fun. It's interesting. He's got – I mean, they've got like a ton of comics too. I don't know how long they've been doing this, but I, I, I mean, I think they've got like 23, 24, 2500 comics that they've done. Yeah, they, they've been at it a bit, you know, and and they, they do crank them out. I think they, you know, go to Starbucks or something. I think so, yeah. Crank out a bunch of comics. Another good one is the uh, the system by uh, Roscott. That's also a nice one. The system. I don't know that one. See, that's the thing. You can learn another one and another one, and then you know you spend most of your morning uh, cutting work and reading comics on the web. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. That's a- well, gentlemen, I think our night is just about finished. Joshua, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. You guys are grand. It's fun to have a, a different perspective than the usual. American bullshit that we uh, that we profess, don't you think? Yeah, bring along some Irish bullshit, and that's not so hard for me to do. <laughs> yeah, we like the Irish bullshit. Absolutely. Well, thanks again. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks, All right. Josh. This is Miss Nicole of 8 Beer Sampler Productions.
You've been listening to Max and T-Fab Pete, the fabulous penguin of Countless Screaming Argonauts, the podcast of record. Listen to their podcast adventures at csapodcast.blogspot.com or download it free from the iTunes podcast store. Just search Countless Screaming Argonauts. The boys love to hear from you, so email them at csapodcast at gmail.com. Finally, if you want to show your allegiance to the show, pick up some CSA swag and help make the boys famous. You can purchase hats, shirts, and mugs, along with other appropriate gear, at Cafe Press. Click the link on their webpage. And thanks for listening.